I'm doing good? Ah, you guys are a little more excited than I'm used to. I like it. If you don't know who I am, my name is Rocky. I'm the preteen guy here at Sun Valley, and I'm excited to be with you guys today. Matt is in Mexico with a couple other people on a mission trip, so he asked me to come fill in for you guys today. Now, I know I don't know a lot of you in the room, and uh, there's a lot of us who are very different, so I want to start off looking at some differences that every one of us have in the room, because so, we're all just a little bit different, right? How many of you like going to the ocean? How many of you like going to the ocean? Oh, wow, most of you. Yeah, I don't understand any of you. I hate the ocean. The ocean is like the worst place I could go on vacation. That would be like the opposite of vacation. Uh, have you, any of you ever seen Jaws? Yeah, why would you ever go into the ocean if you've ever seen Jaws? Like, I am terrified of sharks. But if you like the ocean, that's okay. We're just, we're just different, right? We're just a little different. How many of you like, how many of you like cats? How many of you like cats? <laughs> a couple of you, yeah. Um, I, I hate cats. Now, I don't say I hate a lot of things, but I hate cats. For me, hell is like yard work and cats. Like, that would be hell for me, personally. I, I just don't, don't like them. But, but if you like cats, that's fine, right? We're just... We're just a little bit different if you like cats, that's fine. How many of you like camping? How many of you like camping? A couple of you? Oh, yeah, yeah, a bunch of you. Yeah, um, yeah, if you like camping, I don't understand you either. I, I hate camping. Look, I work really hard. I am not going to go and pretend I'm homeless for four days. Not going to do it. I work really hard. I want to sleep in the air-conditioning room. I'm not going to go sleep on a pillow made of rocks and camping. That's just, that's not my thing. But if you like camping, that, that's okay, right? We're just a little bit different. Now, all of us have things that are different about us, but I do think there are a couple things that every single one of us have in common. And I do think there's a couple things that all of us can agree on. Now, you've never, probably have never said this out loud, but I will say it for you. I think everyone in the room at some point has been frustrated with God. Don't raise your hand. Don't, you're good. Um, I think everyone in the room at some point has been frustrated with God. And specifically, I think every one of us has been frustrated with talking to God and praying to God. We're in a series that's all about prayer called The Circle Maker. If you were not here last week, Matt told a story of one of the dumbest things God has ever asked anyone to do. And I know that sounds weird to say God had a dumb idea, but God had a really, really dumb idea. God told the nation of Israel to go attack this giant city called Jericho, and he said, the way you're going to defeat them is you're going to pick up a gold box, and you're going to march around the city, and you're going to march around the city, and then you're going to go home and sleep. So for seven days, they go around Israel, and they march around, and they march around, and march around, until finally on the seventh day, the walls came down. Now, I know all of you have probably heard that story, but you probably haven't thought about how stupid that story actually is. Imagine if Obama went on the news today and said, hey, we found this secret hideout that ISIS is out, and here's how we're going to beat them. We're going to get our army, and we're going to go a circle around them. Then we're going to go home. Yeah, look at me. Right? That'd be stupid. We would all make fun of him. Some of you already do that, but that's okay. Everyone would make fun of him if he thought that was a good idea. God had a stupid plan, and he just wanted to see, will they follow him? And the army marched around and marched around and marched around, and they followed what God said until finally the walls came down. What Matt said last weekend was, we should have this same mentality with our prayers. We should pray constantly. A lot of us, we say, you know, God, can you take care of this? And we pray one time, to whom it may concern, you know, in a galaxy far, far away. And then we think... Okay, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? And what Matt said, we should keep praying constantly and pray around our issues and pray around the things that we struggle with until we finally see God do what he said he's going to do. So today, I want to tell you my first introduction to prayer. It's a little bit odd. Uh, how many of you know what Sunday school is? 
Most of you? Yeah. Sunday school was the most boring thing in my life. I went to a Baptist church where we had to wear like these super nice ties. And you think I'm skinny now? Imagine me like five years old. I was like this tall and I looked like a stick figure. And I would go to Sunday every single day because my dad worked at the church. And we would walk into Sunday school and we would sit on these little, little colored bucket seats. So I'd grab my seat. I'd you know, sit down. And the teacher had this giant blue hair, which I thought was awesome. I still think is awesome. And every time we'd start class, the first Sunday of every month, she'd get all of our attention. She's like, all right, boys and girls, watch, watch, listen, listen. And I'd be like, and she'd look at us, and she would be like, one day, every single one of you is going to die. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is, and then she'd always like pick someone out in the crowd. She'd be like, Johnny, today, you might get hit by a bus, and you're going to die on your way home. Like, oh, stay away from Johnny, right? And then she'd get our attention, like, boys, watch, watch, listen, listen. When you die, you go to one or two places. You can go here, where you're going to burn forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Or you can go here, where you get a castle made out of gold. How many of you want to say this prayer? <laughs> right? Every single time I would raise my hand, I'm like, I want to make this prayer. Even the guy who doesn't raise his hand, I'm like, dude, flames, not castle. And the teacher would say, okay, everyone bow your head, close your eyes, repeat after me. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Sorry for my sins. Sorry for my sins. Amen. And she would say this every single Sunday. She would say, now that you're a Christian, now that you have said yes to Jesus, God's going to do whatever you want him to do. Now that you're a Christian, whenever you pray for something, God will take care of any problem you have. And I believed it. I thought because I was a Christian, I now own God. I thought because I was a Christian, God owed me something. So every time I pray, it's his job to take care of it. Kind of like going to a Coke machine and pressing a button and get a Coke. That's how I thought it worked. Until I went to the fourth grade, and my grandma got cancer. So I started praying, hey, God, take care of this cancer, because I'm a Christian, that's what you have to do. And she died of cancer. And I remember thinking, I was so confused. God, why would you let this happen? I was told that you take care of this type of stuff. Why would you let this happen? I, I think a lot of us at some point have been frustrated that God didn't do what we wanted him to do. So today I want to talk about what do we do when we don't hear from God? What do we do when we don't know what God is up to? Now, when, when, I, when I read the Bible, um, I, I'm a little different. I have ADD. You guys know what ADD is? Yeah, I had ADD as a kid, but they didn't have any cures for ADD, so my dad had a BELT that he would cure my ADD a little bit. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I have ADD. I have a hard time focusing. So one of the things that I do to read the Bible to help understand it a little better is I'll read a story, and I'll imagine it like six different ways. That helps me understand what's actually going on. If I just read it on a piece of paper, I'm going to think it's the boringest thing ever. So one of the things I like to do is when I read the Bible, I like to imagine the stories happening in the 21st century. I like to imagine the stories happening today. Could, could you imagine if you turn on the news and you heard about a donkey talking? <laughs> could you imagine how cool that would be? Or like Pop-Tarts are falling from the gr sky, and like you pick them up and eat them like in the Old Testament. I, I like to imagine the Bible happening in today's context. So more specifically, I want to imagine today, to set up where we're going, I want to imagine Jesus living during the text message era, during the time of text messaging. So like, because text messaging, let's face it, how many of you text? How many of you text? Yeah. How many of you text at least one person a day? Raise your hand. Keep, keep your hand up. Tw two people a day. Three people a day. Four people a day. Stop. Really? I don't even know four people. <laughs> Five people a day? Six people a day? You guys are so ridiculous. <laughs> text messaging 
has like completely changed the way we communicate with people. Can you guys agree with me on that? Uh, text messaging changed like words we say. Now we say things that we would have never said because of text communication. And let's face it, text communication isn't always for the better, right? There are some things that you should just never say online. There are some things you should never say through text message. Um, don't break up with your boyfriend with an emoticon is what I'm trying to say. Like there are some things you just shouldn't do online. So with that being said, I want to look at the story. I want to look at this and imagine that Jesus had a phone. And I, I picture myself, you know, watching TV and Jesus does some awesome miracle. He like feeds 5,000 people with the G.I. Joe lunchbox. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, I'm going to text him. I'm going to text him. So like, got my phone here. <laughs> I remember um, the first time I ever used some type of communication to talk to someone online, uh, it was called the AOL Buddy List. Any of you know what the AOL Buddy List is? Oh, am I that old? I'm not that old. I'm 25. I can't be that outdated. Ah, oh, that's so hard. I remember using the AOL buddy list, and it was kind of like what instant messaging is or what Facebook messaging is. You'd create your own username, and you'd get your friend's username, and then you can type and talk to them. My username was Judge Judy. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't judge me. Um, as a kid, I used to love watching Judge Judy. I used to love watching her just lay down the law and be like, yeah, get him. So my name was Judge Judy. And uh, I remember getting my friends, uh, you know, their username, and I would send them a message. But the problem was, it would take like 30 minutes to actually send a message to someone. So when I would type something and send it, I would go like use the restroom and come back, and they still haven't received. What do you guys, what, what, what is wrong with this? Are they really? That's awesome. How did I not see that? That's awesome. There you go. You guys get a little look into my life for a little bit. Um, yeah, I remember, like, back in the day using text messaging, but now, like, it's a whole different level. Like, I love texting. In, in fact, I got, I got another phone here. Yeah, I, I came prepared, man. Someone's calling me, guys. Sorry. You jerk. Should I answer? I'm not going to. Would it play? Oh, sorry. I denied you. That's what I do. Have you noticed that, like, have you, have, do any of you get nervous when someone calls you now because you'd much rather text them like this and you don't want to answer the phone? Uh, I have a hard time talking on the phone because, like, when I talk to someone, I want to be able to control the conversation and edit it and backspace and delete. You can't do that over the phone. So whenever my phone rings, I instantly go, oh, no, like, am I in trouble? What's going on? But uh, iMessaging, for all you Christians in the room who have Apple, because Android is just the worst. Android is just the worst. Yeah, some of you thought I'd get an amen on that. I guess not. Um, thank you. I got one amen. Thank you. I'll pay you later. Uh, iMessaging keeps trying to do new things to make t- text messaging seem more realistic. Because let's face it, <laughs> I'm really getting text messages, man. Um, let's face it, this is not real communication, right? Virtual communication is not real communication, but iMessaging keeps doing things to try to make communication better. So I want to show you something, and all of you who have iMessaging know exactly what I'm about to do. Um, why, why can I not find Here it is. I want to talk about this thing for a little bit. You guys know what that is? This is called the typing awareness indicator. The typing awareness indicator. I don't call it that, though. I call it the bubbles, because that totally looks like bubbles. See, the bubbles indicate that the person on the other line is typing something, but it doesn't show you what they're saying, right? Now, I'm going to stop for a second. I think a lot of us when we pray and we talk to God, we feel like when we talk to God and we send messages to God that all we get are bubbles. 
and we feel like God's not responding to us. See, the Bible teaches that when you pray, God hears you, so we know God's at least receiving our message. But I think a lot of us, when we pray and we talk to God, we feel like all we're getting are little bubbles. And it's tough to trust God when you don't know what he's saying. It's tough to trust God when you don't know what's coming. See, I find bubbles to be really frustrating. I remember um, one time I got a text from my buddy. Don't text me. I'm not texting you. Uh Uh-huh. I have 34 messages. This is so awesome. I'm not checking them. Nope. I definitely will not check them. I remember one time I was texting someone, and uh, he sent me something kind of serious, so I was trying to think of how I was going to reply, so, you know, I started, like, typing a little bit, and then I stopped because I had to think through what I was going to say, and I I started typing a little bit, and the bubbles came back, and he texted me back. This was so creepy. He texted me and said, I know you're there. I can see your bubbles. that's too far, man. <laughs> like, he's, like, stalking me. Like, you see my bubbles. Like, that doesn't even sound good. Like, no, you can see my bubbles. And there's other times where I'll send a text to someone, and, like, I see the bubbles come up, and they're, like, up there for 10 minutes, you know? And I'm like, oh, man, they're writing me a poem. Like, they're, they're about to write a song with my name in it. And then I get, like, this is a response. Okay. I'm like, what are you doing? Why were the bubbles up there for so long? Or, what frustrates me more than anything else is like, hi. It's like, it's like Wheel of Fortune. You have to buy the letters. Like, come on, man. It takes, you can type more than that. And the bubbles are up there for like 10 minutes, right? I'm at 104. I want to see if I can get to 200. I shouldn't have said that. Aww. I can still get them on here, you know. That's how it works. See, the bubbles indicate... The bubbles indicate the difference, the space between sending a message and receiving a message. The bubbles are the difference between when you decide you're going to talk to someone and when they reply to you. I think a lot of us feel like when we pray to God, all we get are bubbles. I think if we could be honest, when we pray to God, we feel like we're praying to the ceiling and God's not responding. And it can be difficult to trust God when we don't know what he is about to say Next, I want to look at um, a little story in the Bible. It's a small story in the book of 1 Samuel, and it gives us insight on how to handle God when we get bubbles. What do we do when we feel like God is not responding to us? The story's going to come up on the screen, but I'm going to read it on my iPad because I like Apple more than that screen. Here we go. Um, Man, my phone is just blowing up right now. I didn't know I had that many friends. Here we go. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. I'm going to stop for a second. There were not many visions because the voice of God was rare. I think a lot of us would say that's true today. I think a lot of us would say the voice of God is rare today. It's it's so crazy how if you pray to God, you're spiritual, but if God talks to you, you're crazy, right? And, And a lot of us feel like God still doesn't speak today. But one night, Eli, those whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his place. The lamp of God has not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord. When the ark of God, where the ark of God was, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. Then he ran to Eli and said, here I am. Why have you called me? But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie in bed. So he went back and lied in bed. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. In other words, go take your medicine and go to bed, right? Like you're crazy. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. 
the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I wonder how many of us feel like God doesn't speak because we don't know his voice. I wonder how many of us feel like the reason why we never hear from God is because we have no idea what God sounds like. Maybe you don't have his phone number. Maybe you don't realize that God is reaching out to you. Maybe you feel like you just don't even know his voice. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am. You called me. Then I, Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, lied down in his place. The Lord came, stood there, calling as he has the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make your ears and everyone around you tingle. I like that word, tingle. (laughs) Samuel did not realize God was trying to speak to him because he had no idea what God sounded like. Samuel had no clue that God was reaching out to him. He had no idea what was happening. I, I think for a lot of us, too often when we pray and talk to God, we say, hey, God, listen, I'm speaking. God, listen, I have something to say to you. When in all reality, what we should say is, God, speak, I'm listening. I think so often we get too busy telling God what to do that we can't even hear his voice. We get too busy yelling at him saying, fix my problem, take care of this, get rid of that, and we can't even understand what he's saying. Um, On a personal level, I am going through something right now. Let me get a drink. Um, I'm going through a tough time right now in my family. Uh, I had a sibling that recently passed away, and it was completely unexpected. And... um, 28 years old, extremely young, no one saw it coming, very unexpected. And uh, we not, so I started praying, God, what's going on? Why, why would you let this happen? What's going on? And I kept saying things to God. I kept saying, God, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And not for one moment did I take a second and say, what do you want to say to me during this time? Not for one second did I think, wait a minute, maybe you have something to say to me. I was too concerned about what I had to say to God that I didn't even think about what God might want to say to me. I think a lot of us get too busy trying to tell God what we want that we can't hear the voice of God. Because uh, think about this for a second. God, who saw that we were broken, saw that we had no chance to have a relationship with him, came down, died on a cross so that he can have a connection to you, so that you can now have access to God. Uh, one of the things that I hear all the time being a pastor, it's a question that comes up all the time, and I, I understand the question, but it's, it's really not a great question. People come to me and say, why would a loving God send someone to hell? And uh, my answer to that is he wouldn't. God doesn't send anyone to hell. God said it was absolutely no one should go to hell. It is ridiculous that anyone should go to hell. You know, so much so, I'm willing to go and die. And if you're going to go to hell, you are literally going to have to go over my dead body to go to hell. God does not send anyone to hell. If someone decides they still aren't going to believe, well, well, God's not going to force them to go to heaven. God doesn't send anyone to hell. He cares about us so much, he sent his son to die for us. And think about this. The God that's willing to do that, you think that he doesn't want to say anything to you? You think the God who's willing to come here and die on the cross doesn't have anything to say to you? Come on. God speaking, the question is, are we going to listen? God has something to say to us. It's up to us to listen for the voice of God. I wonder how many times God's looked at me and said, what are you doing, man? I'm trying to contact you. I'm trying to reach out to you. Like, why are you not seeing what I want to say to you? I, I think, man, I think God is trying to talk to everyone to some degree. 
and I think it's up to us to listen. So as we end, I want to give you a couple of practical ways to hear the voice of God. A couple of practical things that you can do to get to a place, this, instead of saying, listen, God, I'm talking, to say, I'm going to listen. God, what do you want to say? One of the things you can do is you can go on a walk or on a run or on hiking. Uh, one of the best ways to hear the voice of God is getting to a different scenery. This is why camp's such a big deal. Uh, a lot of people go to camp and they feel like they hear the voice of God and then they wait an entire year until they hear the voice of God again at camp. And one of the reasons why that happens is because we go to camp and we go to a completely different environment. One of the best things you can do to hear the voice of God is just to disconnect from your everyday normal things and go and do something. And one of the best things to do is go on a walk, go running or hiking. This is something that I do personally. I go on walks all the time whenever I want to hear the voice of God. And this is a great thing for you guys to do. Another one is you can drive. Um, I grew up at a Baptist church. I said that earlier. Uh, we weren't allowed to listen to any type of music, which is so weird to think about now. But... Um, so I would be driving at 18, and I wouldn't listen to anything in the car. And ever, whenever I would drive someone, they would think I was so weird because I never listened to anything. But the reality is, um, one of the best things that we could do is get in the car and not listen to anything and just say, God, I'm just going to listen to you for this 20-minute drive and see what you have to say. Um, what, what do you have to lose? What, it's either that or listen to Taylor Swift, right? Like, why not take that time and say, God, I'm going to listen to what you have to say to me. One other thing you can do, read the Bible. I know it sounds so cliche, but God will, God will speak through the Bible more than he will speak through anything else out there. I, I remember this one time, a friend of mine was like, you know, I just want to hear the voice of God. So he, he would grab the Bible and do a flip and find method. Some of you have heard this, where you just like flip through the Bible and you go, bam, this is what God wants to say to me. Have any of you ever seen this before? I used to do this all the time. A buddy of mine did that, and he landed on um, Matthew 27, 5, and it said, Judas went out and hung himself. <laughs> and he came to me, he's like, do you think God, no, dude, like, okay, don't, don't grab the Bible and just flip through and say, ha ha, that's what God wants me to do. No, that's stupid. That's not reading the Bible. Um, come up with a plan and actually read through the Bible. One of the best places to start is the Gospels. If not the Gospels, go through Proverbs. Proverbs, it's amazing. And you will hear insight through that book. God will never tell you to do something that he doesn't say in the Bible. God will never contradict what's in the Bible. If you want to know what God wants you to do, go to the Bible and read what he has to say. So next thing you do is you can uh, talk to people. Talk to Christian friends. E even looking at this story today, Samuel would have never heard the voice of God if it wasn't for Eli. He went to Eli and said, why are you trying to talk to me? Eli is the one who realized, wait a minute, I think God's reaching out to you. One of the best ways to know if God's talking to you or not is through Christian friends. This is why small groups are such a big deal, because you can get with people who believe in Jesus, who follow Jesus, and you can have conversations, and you can have them speak into your life and help you see what you can't see and help you see what God wants you to do. The last one is this. Simply, you can have silence, uh, which is so weird in our day and age. You know, I joked about text messaging, but the reality is we are all so connected to our phones. We're so connected to Spotify, and I'm just as guilty as anyone. I watch Netflix like crazy. I binge watch, watch all the time, so I'm just as guilty as everyone, but the reality is one of the best ways to hear from God is just to tone out everything else. There's so much going on in our lives. There's so much that we're consuming that we can miss whatever God wants to say to us because we have so much we're taking in at a time. Take time through your day and just say, God, I'm going to be silent today. I'm just going to listen to what you have to say. As we end, I want to challenge you, what would it look like for one week, for one week, to not pray, God, give me anything, to not pray, God, here's what I want to say to you. Take one week and just say, God, I'm listening. What do you have to say? One week. And see what you've been missing out on, because here's what I can promise you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to have a relationship with everyone in the room. It's up to us if we're going to listen or not.
So as we end, we're going to go into our breakout. Uh, today's a little different. We don't have worship. Uh, they asked me to sing, and I said no. So you guys are all going to be very thankful for that. Uh, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to spend the rest of our time just talking through a couple questions at your table with leaders. So let me pray, and then we'll get some questions at each table, and you guys will look through some of those questions, and you guys will be dismissed after that. I think Sarah will come back up and pray. Now she will. <laughs> let me pray for you guys. Father, I pray that um, it, it's so easy to get so concerned about what we have to say. It's so easy to just send you a hundred text messages saying, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. And it's so hard for us to take time and listen to what you actually have to say. I pray that, uh, I pray this week everyone in here will take a week and just say, God, what do you want to say to me? Instead of, well, here's, what, here's my agenda, here's what I want to tell you. Take an entire week and say, God, what do you have for me? In Jesus' name.